Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's 5 o'clock. It's 5 o'clock on the most listened to sports talk show for your ride home. What? what? It is time for the Falcons Report. Guns it. Caught. Touchdown Atlanta in the end zone. Caught. Touchdown. You shall not pass. The 5 o'clock Falcons Report. Oh, my heaven. The 5 o'clock Falcons Report is brought to you by Jack Daniels. Make it count. Jack Daniels. Please drink responsibly. And sponsored by MD Anderson Cancer Center on Dukes and Bell. We are Dukes and Bell. We start off every day and every are by saying, hey, hey man. man, happy Friday. We are having a great time today on the show talking about a lot of different things. Coming up, we'll get into the All-Star game. Listen, I am not a fan anymore of the slam dunk contest. I think it's played. And they're going to have a slam dunk contest again this weekend. I'm more intrigued by the three-point contest. Mike and I were running down some of the contestants. But also, I- I'm I wish one of our guys was at the All-Star game. Yeah, A.J. Griffin is there as part of the uh, you know future stars. And, you know, someone tell Nate in more minutes. But, uh, yeah, so actually you kind of have to with the wear benches. But, yeah, I'm with you, bro. No Trey. You know, Giannis may have to tap out now with his injury issue. Finger last night. But, uh, yeah, it's just – we talked about There's only so many ways you can dunk a ball. We'll get into it because uh, it's not exactly a murderer's row of, like, guys that play above the rim unless you really are the hardcore fan. All right, we're going to talk about it because some of you guys are like, oh, man, I love the All-Star weekend. Okay. Also, uh, we're going to tell you the latest of what's going on with the Braves down at spring training. Uh, Some NFL news on the way as well. Here is an interesting thing, Mike, um, about the free agents that are going to be available when you start talking about outside of quarterbacks. And this gets back to Caleb McGarry. And if I told you that Caleb McGarry was the 20th ranked free agent, okay, right now, are you willing to pay him 70 or $80 million? There are other right tackles that are younger, Maybe even better, at least considered to be better. Um, Terrence Steele with the Cowboys. He's 26. He's a free agent. He's considered to be a better top 10 prospect when you talk about these tackles and free agency, and he's rated higher than um, uh, Caleb McGarry. Uh, Mike McGletchy, right, from the 49ers. He's actually kind of considered a better version of him because he's considered a better run blocker than pass blocker in their system. 28 years old. The thing that I'm getting to is as we start to talk about keeping our own guys, and oh, by the way, we've got to make those decisions before we even get to the draft. 
this is one of those big decisions that the Falcons are going to have to make. And as I, you know, look at this and I go, okay, here are the list of guys that are going to be in front of Caleb McGarry. If, if I told you Caleb McGarry was the number one free agent tackle, you would not have an issue with this. But, but the fact is there may be three to four guys who are considered yeah. to be better. But again, I've also seen this guy been a turnstile. I've also seen this guy, you know, let's be honest, look very underwhelming at times to the point they didn't pick up his fifth-year option. And vis-a-vis being perhaps motivated, chip on his shoulder, we talked to him the first day of camp, and he was an angry man, and he used that to you know, put a good season together. So do you care how we got here, or are you willing now to reward him with a big deal? All I'm saying is if you're going to invest this kind of money, and by the way, Caleb McGarry is also 28, um, so all these guys are between 26 and 28, and when you talk about right tackles and free agency, um, so age is not the issue, right? You're going to invest. He would probably get Mike a five-year deal, and, and you know who knows if he would end up playing it out, and I'm not wishing him bad luck. I'm just saying how these things go. Uh, I think it matters because now I just, again, have to question why did it take all of that for us to get the best out of you? Right. Now, if you're going to tell me it was coaching and the players around him and this was the best situation and circumstance for him to advance and be the best player he could be this year, okay, that's fine. Then pay him. But just know that he's not considered to be the top right tackle in free agency, no. and you're going to probably pay him like that because of the marketplace. Well, I mean, look, we still have free agency. for We could use it for defensive tackles. Now, again, not a really great edge rush market. We know that. And I know when we started talking, like we mentioned yesterday, actually it was today with uh, Chuck Smith, and I said, what if we drafted a tackle? Because there's a big kid from Northwestern that's already been, you know, mock drafts have got us to grab it. I just felt that if I've got to talk about a guy and I go, well, yeah, he's, he's a good run block. He's really not good at pass blocking. Well, then why am I giving him a, a $17, $18 million a year contract? You know what I mean? That doesn't sound – that makes sense. So are you for or against paying McGarry? I'm not. I would move on and find somebody else out of the draft. Okay, that's how I feel. Turtle, are you for or paying – or for or against paying Kayla uh, McGarry? I think that the discrepancy between him and the next couple of guys out there is a good enough gap that you can that you can take advantage of the three or four million dollars a year that you're going to save by bringing him back. So I think it's worth it. Okay, so he says. Turtle says yes. Bo, uh, yay or nay on re-signing Caleb McGarry? Uh, I'm probably leaning towards re-signing him because you know what you have and you don't know what you're drafting, and we have not had luck mm. drafting guys. I don't care if it's a new regime or not, and I would rather use the resources on the other side of the football's line or that guard position. <laughs> All right. All right, well, you bring him back. As we mentioned, McGlinchey you already talked about, Orlando Brown you mentioned, and Caleb McGarry. This is the PFF rankings. Mm-hmm. They've got him as the third best tackle, so – I just, I just don't like the fact that I've seen as we're all Falcon fans here. We've all seen this guy get get abused at times on the right on the right side. Orlando Brown to me is separate from the other two you mentioned, and because he can play either side, mm-hmm. yeah, and he's been pretty, uh, not I want to say elite, but top tier. McGlinchey is not much better at all, if better than McGarry. I'm so gonna, you're overpaying for him. Okay, and Orlando Brown, I do agree with you on that because it's versatility. But but let's not forget about Jawan Taylor, who's a right tackle for the Jags, who's also there are three guys that I have in front of Caleb McGarry that are just, in my opinion, better. So Turtle says yes. Bo says yes. And, Bo, you bring up something very interesting. We're scarred. we got to trust Terry Fontenot. You just said, regardless of the regime, we've not had luck in, in drafting these guys and getting the right offensive linemen. We're scarred. 
We've got to trust Terry Fontenot. He's been on the job basically one year and had one draft. Jalen Mayfield. Okay? Two we, years. We can't say that his history is not drafting good offensive linemen. I don't know if we're there yet, Mike. Mm-hmm. Two more seasons of this? Well, we can look at that and say that. Well, Drew Dahlman is a starter, and they're going to stick with Drew. We're not moving on from Drew Dahlman. They either, I guess they're satisfied enough with his play at center. Um, I lobbied for Jalen Mayfield. Jalen Mayfield is never going to play on a field again unless the entire offensive line gets hurt as, as, as a Falcon. Mm-hmm. And that was a third-round pick. We rolled the dice on Schaefer and Schaefer from Georgia. All Georgia fans said, look, if he played in the SEC against everybody else, why can't he be an NFL player? Maybe he will evolve. He was a fifth-rounder, so a little bit, obviously more risk involved. But this would be the highest drafted offensive lineman since Fontenot got here if we were to do it in the first round. And that's my point. He didn't draft. He hasn't drafted linemen in the first or second round. I can't rate him on what other regimes did or what other teams have done. I've got to look at this and say, i got to trust Terry Fontenot. But Bo's right. Because we hadn't gotten it right a lot, we go, oh, don't do that. Don't draft an offensive yeah, lineman. I mean, the, like, the only thing that Dimitrov got right, I mean, like you could have gone Taylor Luan. We went with Jake Matthews. Jake has been solid, if not spectacular. Taylor Luan, Mike, is about to retire potentially. Yeah. I mean, but, I hear you. <clears throat> I, I don't know. But, but it doesn't even, that was a choice. There was your, I'm saying that was the choice of the two. We got Jake and Jake, you could argue, is maybe not as, as, as much Pro Bowl credentials, but he's been a solid piece. Chris Lindstrom was, I mean, that was easy to, you couldn't screw that up. Boston College guard is almost a perfect pedigree, and he's been money, and he's going to, this is his fifth year, and then we'll pay him. That's another contract coming up. But I just can't get sold. I'm just, I don't know what Fontenot does yet, so I'm, I'm, two years is not enough for me, to your point, to really know what he's going to do here. But I do look at a big, gigantic piece like the dude from Northwestern, and I say, that's a guy I can have as a cornerstone for 10 years on this team. Yeah, I, and we never do that. We never go for Panay Sewell. We never go for those big guys that the Eagles no, and no, the no, Chiefs no, draft. No, 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 But no. the Eagles and the Chiefs draft an offensive lineman in the, in the first or the second round. We see what they've got. We didn't with the guys that are gone. I don't know what Terry Fontenot We drafted a, wide, a tight end and a wide receiver. We didn't even think about the trenches the first two years. And, and maybe that was, the, the, that was dictated, Mike. I have no idea. Maybe that is part of the plan. But, but all I'm saying is I can't go on a guy that's not here anymore. Let's just be real. It doesn't matter what the past GM yeah, but, did. But I don't know what this GM does with offensive linemen because so far it's a mixed bag. Dolman and Mayfield and Schaefer. I think they took a couple of risks later in the draft. And if these guys panned out, that was Schaefer. I'm going to take a risk and see. He's not ready to play. Okay, well, let's develop him. They haven't taken a guy in the first round who's failed. When that happens, and then it happens again the next year, and then the year after that, and we go, all right, five years, this team should be built up, and we've sucked at drafting offensive linemen in the first or second rounds, then we can kill that. But I just think right now we're scarred because it's been such a bad run on offensive linemen for the most part. Again, you've got some diamonds in the rough that you've talked about. You've also got to understand, and this is I'm I'm going to argue against myself, but bear with me on this one. (laughs) But no, but part of this is where you were drafting. If you wanted Panay Sewell, he was pre-draft anywhere from four to seven. We decided to go with Kyle Pitts. We didn't go with Chase. We didn't go with Waddle. You know, we didn't go with J.C. Horn. I mean, there were other needs. We didn't go to – because we couldn't trade down. A lot of this is hindsight. You redraft now and somebody is so much higher. We couldn't trade. You know, it's like the year we went with A.J. Terrell. We were kind of in no man's land. He was the best available athlete. So you took him. So you took him. I just think it's a little curious where the team has the worst trenches in the NFL and we go – Tight end, wide receiver, the first two drafts. Although you had to replace Ridley, that was something that was forced on you. We didn't know that. And there was a run on wide receivers, and you were the first. And you could argue, had you had Ritter in there sooner, he would have been the guy that was going to win the rookie of the year offensively for you. Yeah, the the, the Ridley thing is interesting because they knew that they had to replace that. And then when the pick is made, you go, why are we drafting another wide receiver? Now it makes total sense. 404-741-0929. Guys, 
All we're saying is this is one of the big decisions, which gets us back to Caleb McGarry about mm. what they're going to do. And if you're going to allocate all of this money, and I got to tell you guys, this is, this is my theme on this. I don't want to pay good players. I need to play, pay great players. If I'm going to invest that kind of money, Mike, mm. I want to make a, have a difference maker. If you feel like he's just a really good player, then you invest this kind of money and you're allocating those funds, just know those funds are not going to be available down the road. Now, am I saying he's going to get a long eight-year deal? Nobody is. Right. But you are tied to him for the next few years, and you're saying Caleb McGarry is going to be a dude, and he's a big part of what we're trying to do here with the Atlanta but Falcons. there was always more than one way to, you know, that, and this is where we get into the, you know, the, 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 the nuances of the draft. If you were going to take the best offensive lineman, and there were some great offensive linemen in this year's draft, in the first, like Cross, who went to Seattle, True. we could have taken him. And then you risk in the second round getting a guy like Pickens or the, who's the dude, the, who's the Packers wide receiver, the guy from North Dakota. Those Watson. guys, Watson, they were all there in the second round. We decided to go for the, the skill position up top. As, I mean, I just think at some point, you know me, you've been listening to me bellyache about offensive line for years on this team, and yes, I would still take the best athlete available trenches because we don't need any more skills. we got a running back. we got a wide receiver. And if we're going to augment what we got in the receiver core, we're going to do that in the second or third round. Or right. maybe in free agency. I, I agree. It's one of the things that we'll have to figure out. That's going to happen before the draft. Uh, apparently, Eric Bieniemy, Mike, is finalizing a deal to become the new offensive coordinator for the Commanders. Now, many of you are going to say, what is this? What is he thinking? He leaves the Chiefs. He leaves the best quarterback in football in Patrick Mahomes and probably maybe another run at a Super Bowl. But when you're not getting a head coaching job, this distance yourself from a situation where people say, well, if this is your theory that he's not calling plays, and I go down a list of guys that haven't called plays and gotten jobs. That's neither here nor there. Peterson was one of them. But to take this job, Mike, now you get the uh, – it is a title of assistant head coach – Slash offensive coordinator. Can't be a lateral move. you got to upgrade, right? So, if he goes to the commanders and you see that team flourish offensively, right, how much more does that help Eric Bieniemy get a job? I don't know. He still has got to go through the interview process. Right. And, again, I don't know. what is a knock on this guy. We were breaking this down earlier in the week. There's been two, let's be honest, squeaky wheels who left the franchise who said he was mean. He was real. Yeah, he was accountable. He demanded accountability. I don't know what Shady McCoy's doing these days, but <laughs> Bieniemy, he just won a Super Bowl. But it, good for him, and it's a shame that it comes to this because you mentioned it. Peterson Nagy had not been calling plays off the Andy Reid coaching tree, and they got starting jobs yeah. as coaches. Yeah. Well, there's, a, there's like eight or nine of those guys. Andy Reid guys never called plays when he was with the Green Bay Packers. Eagles hired him. We can go all the way back. That's never been an issue. Well, until well, now. If you're black, it is an issue. Until for, now. Yeah. All right, uh, Matt, his nickname, I guess, on Twitter is Matt Ritter, Mike. And he says, uh, put him up, see Dukes. Terry Fontenot knows exactly what he's doing. I can see the plan. I can't even say I don't uh, know really? what he's doing. Yeah, you send me a thesis on this one because I'd like to freaking know the plan. <laughs> I don't know what he's doing, yeah. but I, I can't criticize him for moves that were made previously. We got to buy in and trust it that he's going to get it right. That's all we can do. All right, more to get to, guys, coming up. Uh, again, more on Eric B. Enemy taking that move. A lot of guys already hitting us up. It's a shame that a guy like this should have to take a lateral move. Again, he's getting probably more money. But he's been banging his head against the wall, getting nowhere with the interview yeah. process, so he's going to change it up. All right, man, NBA All-Star Game. Are you still a fan of NBA All-Star Weekend? We'll talk about it coming up on Sports. The strong arm story of the day is brought to you by John Foyt Associates Personal Injury Law. Oh, things change, right? I mean, I don't know about you. I didn't miss All-Star Games. I didn't miss All-Star Weekends growing up because it just felt different. And over the years, maybe I've become jaded, Mike, to what the NBA All-Star Weekend has turned into. Now, I asked you earlier, I said, 
who is in the three-point contest. And we found out that Jason Tatum and Kevin Herter right. and Tyler Hero and uh, Lauren Markkinen, all these guys, Lori Markkinen, these guys can all shoot the rock, right? right. Um, it's going to be a fun, it looks like, uh, Dame Lillard's in it as well, a three-point shootout. That's going to be at 8.30 right. on Saturday. And, I mean, Dame, that's, that's one of the best and big names, names you recognize. Totally. But are you still intrigued by the dunk contest? Well, when you get Max McClung going up against Jericho Sims and Kenyon Martin Jr. going up against Trey Murphy, it's on, brother. (laughs) Now, look, Kenyon Martin Jr., that's son of Kenyon Martin, and his dad had hops, so I presume he's got some, too. He did. Uh, Trey Murphy's a guard, though, right? Am I wrong? Chris? Yeah, Chris, I don't even know. Well, I guess he's got hops, too. Uh, But, yeah, so that's why he's in the slam dunk contest. But you and I were talking about this earlier. It's there's some things that just were better. Some things just Carl, some things just were because you had big names and you had stars and there was star power in it. And it's just, you know, it just it goes back to what you watched and it's all relative. Yeah. But when you saw, you know, Michael Jordan going against Dominique and you had Clyde Drexler and Larry Nance from the Suns. I mean, that's you know, I just gave you that's four of the dudes that were in there. And no, Dr. J might have been some of those two back in the early 80s. Now, I said this earlier. It's not because I don't think these guys are great dunkers. Listen, they all can dunk the ball and do amazing things. But uh, with the advent of, of YouTube and, and social media, I can look up guys that are dunking a ball in New York City or in Florida, Mike, I mean, anywhere around the country, and they're doing amazing dunks. They're dunking over, you know, domestic animals. They're dunking over their, you know, <laughs> their, their own cars. And you're going, how are these guys doing this? I saw a dunk where a guy was holding, like, a, a tiki torch, right. and he had a torch in one hand, and he was going up with the ball, and the ball was coming. I'm like, just these incredible things that you never see. I am big on in-game dunks during a regular season in the playoffs. To me, that gets me more fired up. But, Mike, I just – I don't know, man. I, I feel like it's run its course, and I don't know what else you can do with it. Well, let me just tell you this. Jericho Sims has been practicing and preparing. Okay. Matter of fact, Carl, if you want to be a slam dunk champion, first things first, got to be tall enough and have the hops. Unless you've got one of those little springboards that they use at <laughs> halftime. Uh, CEO of Team Flight Brothers, uh, a guy named Chuck Milan, apparently is working with Jericho Sims on his presentation. Okay. All right, so what's he doing? Is what's he doing? What's the? Uh, I don't know, but is he, he wearing a Spider-Man suit? He's coming right out of the gate with some stuff that hasn't happened before. <laughs> okay. No, 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 no. This car. This is the CEO of Team Flight Brothers, and he's telling you this is something you've never seen before. This is the new ish. Okay. All right. I got you. I understand. I get it. I can honestly say it's the highest I've ever seen anyone get over the rim in my life. Mmm. Your life. <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> I, I, so, but what is worth, what's he going to do? What's he going to do? What's he, what's he not going to do, Carl? He's going to shoot Roman candles out of his tukas <laughs> as he leaves the free throw line. Never, now, I've never seen that. While, spinning, boom, while boom. spinning a plate with one hand. <laughs> I mean, like I said, we, we, uh, the, the, sometimes you're using props. You said jumping over a key like Blake Griffin, uh, Dwight Howard doing the Superman thing, which was kind of cool. Yeah. You know, it was, at the time, it's kind of fun. But we're just... You don't have your biggest dudes because, again, Giannis isn't doing this. He's got a finger. Not that he would anyway. I just, in the old days, maybe once guys got established, Michael stopped doing it. But there seems like an hour window of looking back to the late 80s. It was that was it. Better. No, that, that's part of it. And, 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 again, we've said this for years about the star power and all of that. Um, my other grievance this weekend is we don't have any of our guys there. Right. It, and, again, I know A.J. Griffin's playing in the futures. I hear you. I'm talking about having a guy when they go, that guard, three-time All-Star from Atlanta, and you go, yeah, that's my dude. 
Hey, we got it. We don't have that this weekend. Now, by the way, I looked up 88, 89. Just to make sure I don't remember. You know, so, sometimes I misremember things. You know, I get hit in the head a few times. Not as sharp as they used to be. Uh, 88, 89. Clyde Drexler, Ron Harper, oh. Shelton Jones, Jerome Curse. You remember him from the Blazers? Passed away. Yeah. Chris Morris. Wow. From the Nets. I remember Chris Morris from the Nets. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, but not exactly household, some of these names. Uh, Tim Perry from the Suns. Kenny Skywalker, of course, with the Knicks. Yeah. And then everybody's fave, Spud Webb. From the Hawks, little Spud Webb. Spud was great. So man. it had its uniqueness, but, you know, it's, it's, Michael Jordan's not in that one. No, no. Spud was great. 404-741-0929. Tell us what you guys think. Find us. Uh, we're on Twitch and YouTube, by the way, speaking of YouTube. You can watch the show every day and uh, at 92.9 uh, ATL. You can go check that out. I, I, I Here's the other part of this, and, and I think, Mike, again, when we start talking about the All-Star game and the weekend, uh, the NBA, this is not a criticism of the NBA. The league does a great job. It's not that. It's just like when things run its course, you got to try to recreate it. You got to try to do something different. And and bringing in new and younger players is not has not been the answer for the NBA when it comes to the, well, you, specifically you, the dunk contest. Do you like the format with the way the actual game is pl- selected and played? Now that's interesting because I didn't like it originally, and now it's grown on me a little bit because I do think the intensity picks up later in the game, and you got to get to that point total, Mike. It changes things up a little bit, mm. but I didn't necessarily like it at first, but. The idea that you've got these two captains who have been voted, and Mike, you're, you know, you're, it's a street game, right? It's street ball. I'm going to take the best player, you take the next best player, and we'll go down the list and, and pick our teams. I think that element is kind of cool, but they're trying to do as much as they possibly can. The, the game itself is not going anywhere, nor should it. It's an exhibition game to celebrate the stars of the league. But when you talk about these you know, auxiliary contests around right. the game, what else can we do and what else are we going to do? The three-point shooting contest is not going anywhere either because – the league is about three-point shooting now. You know, when, when Bird was winning those three-point shooting contests, the league wasn't on average shooting threes like everybody does now. Now it is the thing to do. So you want to see the best three-point shooters. Do you want to see guys doing dunks you've seen for the last 20 years? I mean, there's just so many ways you can do it. And, you know, I will say this. They have tightened up that format because for years, watching a bunch of guys missing dunks and just taking forever, that was painful. That was like watching paint dry. So they've gotten better with that. What's up, Chris? No, he was just telling me about the reserves and and uh, people's feelings got hurt when they were picked last, right. and so they've changed the picking. They can't do that, right? That's and Trey. And by the way, Trey was asked, was it earlier in the week we played the soundbite where he was saying, "Hey, have you been contacted? Might you be an alternate?" And then he made that answer about staying in his lane and it's his private business, which I still don't understand. Which I guess is a no. Not me personally. Yeah, we know. Four zero four seven four one zero nine two nine. But again, in a year, we thought we'd have a couple of guys in the All Star game. We got nobody. I mean, Trey should be the perennial all-star. Mm. That's going to be a long week, by the way. Like, for some reason, this is going to be a long mm. week to just mull over where this team is. So many guys hit us up on our poll yesterday, and thank you guys at Dukes and Bell 929. We're asking you today, and it's a pretty interesting poll that we have going in regards to, uh, as I came in was watching Tiger Woods today, and I said there's just nobody more captivating. It doesn't matter if he's winning or losing. And we put out there, you know, who was the guy for you mm. as a star of any sport and a lot of people have responded that, you know, you were most, most captivated by uh, ever. And guys from Muhammad Ali to Michael Jordan, obviously. But, you know, at the end of the day, Mike, it's going to be a long week because when they come back together, when, when the Hawks come back together and they have to play their next game, which is going to be, what, the 24th against the Cavaliers? Yeah, nine days off. Uh, I just – uh, We definitely need a break. Well, uh, <laughs> well, again, not a break. You have to play much defense. So, but, so here's the deal. They right. get the break. They come back on the 24th. And then Recharged? We get, and then we get blown out. What happens? 
Well, I'm just asking. Well, be, I mean, that'd be just like the last two games. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, would, would the front office then be forced after a nine-day layoff, after two embarrassing performances? No, they're going to ride with Nate. Nope. They wouldn't do anything. No, they ride with Nate. They're going to ride with Nate now. If they're not moving Nate out now, they're going to ride with Nate. And uh, and we said the Knicks game was terrible. So you're, then, what's the message to the fans? Good question. Well, I mean, well, who's making? The, well, who's who, first off? Who's deciding what the message is? No, I, I just, I mean, like you lose two embarrassing games. You go on a nine-day layoff. You come back. I didn't say it's going to happen, but it's very possibly it could. The Cavs are good. You come back and you play the Cavs, and let's just say we don't show the effort and we get blown out again. The front office just sits back and goes, "Hey, fans, it's okay. It's acceptable." Well, Fine. I mean, I don't know. You're gonna fire Nate with 23 games left in the season. Does it matter? Well, I mean, some people. That's the thing. I said that's why Nate should have been gone by January. Again, it doesn't have to be fair, guys. But I'm and we're not making this Nate versus Trey because sometimes Trey doesn't play when he should, and sometimes Nate doesn't do anything that makes any sense when he's coaching. Mm. But I just thought these guys had tuned him out, and when you tune a guy out and you don't play a lick of defense, as what we just saw, then let's go. So I don't know what's going on. I got a general manager who says the players have been empowered. The thing that happened in the last – came off the road trip car. Player empowerment. I heard it. Better lines of communication. So here's what the better lines of communication. Guys, play defense. Coach, no. So that's better communication. They understand <laughs> each other clearly. Is that the how coach, it went? Yeah. It's, 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 there's, there's, there, Carl, there's tremendously clear communication. The coach is asking for defense. The players hear the coach, and they say, Go, we're not playing defense. So that's, that's good. We got that out of the way there, Landry Fields. Marco. So oh, I, it, we can't keep going this way. Marco says, fellas, shouldn't it still be about which conference is better in the NBA All-Star game? I thought so, too. I always I, like I personally that. don't like this way. You know, the reason they changed it, we got into a decade run where all the talent was in the Western Conference. Yep. That's where they overreacted. Just like baseball did when they went to the, uh, the deciding home field. Remember that crap? Oh. You know, that was... The, it matters. Sometimes the commissioners, they overthink these things. All right, guys, more to get to here on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Size shouldn't matter, but apparently it does. The latest on a coaching move as well, if you're just joining us, and it's a big one. We'll tell you about it. Stay right there. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's Friday. Hope you're having a great day. Supposed to be a nice weekend, man. This rain's going to get out of here. 
And uh, hopefully we'll get a chance to have a nice weekend, President's uh, Day on Monday. Hey, Mike, um, we were just talking about, uh, you know, the the idea of uh, Tiger Woods. We've been talking about it today because, uh, you know, I was saying there's no one that's more captivating. I don't care if he's winning or losing. I find myself always trying to find where where he's playing and what's going on. He played okay today. The, the bigger thing about the, today and I think yesterday as well, uh, it doesn't look like he's going to make the cut, but he looks good. Like he, mm. his shot making right. and where he's putting the ball, his putter, these putts today for everybody, it's been a struggle bus. But if he is getting himself ready, Mike, for the Masters, which we think it's, that's probably what's going right. on here, he looks a lot better than I think a lot of people expected. Yeah, I mean, the only thing he's and there's things he's going to work out with his swing coach. He was missing fairways today. He's missed a lot of fairways. He's got to tighten that up. But the putter, I mean, he looked pretty good, man. He looked like old Tiger. Yeah, Squid Billy said it earlier he's grinding. Well, at this stage of his career, he's going to have to grind. But when you see a guy like Phil Mickelson do what he did two years ago, you still have hope. And obviously, Tiger did it. It's just this latest injury. Just it's another. It's like a mountain of injuries, Carl, and physical things he has to overcome. So that, that's the only concern. But yeah, whatever you see here today. We were hoping he'd, you know, one increment make the cut. The cut was set at even. He's at one over. So if things hold, he's going to miss the cut. And a lot of other golfers like Jordan Spieth also missed it. But, yeah, I'm looking for – you said it. Looking for things you can hang your hat on that leads to uh, April and the Masters. Well, John Rahm is getting ate up by this course, and he was atop the leaderboard, you know, when the day started. He's now like five under, about to be six under or whatever, four, four, uh, five under. I also think, Mike, the Tiger had a bunch of birdie opportunities a day. This is what I'm talking about. And he didn't execute those. But when you're in position, it's about being in position. He left a lot of putts, like short putts. And my point is, those were things like his placement and how he hit the ball. I mean, there was a part three where he just, whoop, it's three feet out and you go. Everybody else is seven, eight, ten feet away. And here Tiger is looking like he did, you know, back in the day. I I just think he looked physically way better than I thought he would. And the greens, to be honest, were, as David Ferrier say, diabolical. Uh, There there was one where Tiger, as you said, rolled it off the green. He was trying to cut the corner. Yep. And it rolls in the bunker. Again, it's undulating greens at Riviera. But uh, right now, uh, Mitchell Morikawa-Homa is the lead in McElroy, by the way, and Rahm is still in there in the top five within, school, within a distance. But, yeah, I just want to see something I can hang my hat on. That's what I was saying about Tiger that, okay, get this, check that box, and then that can, somebody can build up, and maybe he plays one more tournament before the Masters, right? Uh, yeah, I'm sure he's probably going to because that, what is it, second week in April, right? right? Yeah, I'm sure he's probably going to try to play one more. This is the first one, though, he's walked, and again, mm-hmm. physically, all those physical ailments we were concerned about and his knee holding up. Also, he, he did have to apologize today because, again, guys on a golf course, he was playing with uh, Justin Thomas yesterday, and he outdrove Justin Thomas even on one good knee, so he uh, handed him as they were walking down the fairway a feminine hygiene product, and, of course, Thomas laughed, and they, they chuckled, and Tiger had to apologize, and then Brandel Chambly did 20 minutes on it on the golf channel. Well, that's what he does. Um, An event like any other. This is true. Hey, Eric Bieniemy is taking the uh, Washington Commanders job. So now three of the four OC slash DC coordinators from the Super Bowl have changed teams, right? Uh, Eagles lost both Jonathan Gannon and Shane Steichen. And then today, Eric Bieniemy takes this job. And Mike and I were talking about this. Um, he's set to become the OC for the for the Commanders. He's also slash assistant head coach under Ron Rivera, but. You know, it, I think it's a shame that it, a guy who has the pedigree and has had winning teams and been a part of this process for the Chiefs has to go do this to get a potential head coaching job, Mike. It's not as if he doesn't want one. These guys work their entire lives to try to be head coaches, 
But I, I do. I think it's a shame. But this is what's mm-hmm. happened. And so now, Mike, he's under the sh- He's away from the shadow of Andy yeah. Reid. And now I guess it'll change. Yeah, and look, I know we were sitting here. We talked about it earlier. And it depends uh, certainly on how you approach things. If you believe the world is perfect, then there's no problem. You're in your, you're in your lane. But when you look at it and you see guys that were as equally qualified or maybe less qualified and got jobs, and you begin, what did – that's why I'm saying, what is Bannamy doing wrong? It's just, you start to – even like the, a blind man can see. A guy like Brian you know, Nagy got a job. Peterson got a job. And job description was identical to Eric Bandami from that same organization. Guy's now coached in three Super Bowls. He's won two. He's working with Patrick Mahomes. Obviously, you know, where, 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 how do you delineate how much of the game plan is him impact or Andy Reid? But let's certainly give this guy an opportunity because other coaches have been afforded that opportunity. Nathaniel Hackett, who accomplished even less, mm. got that job in Denver and proved he was woefully over, uh, I said underqualified, and he was exposed early on. So now he goes, he's got, oh, the problem is he's got to go to a bad organization. He's got to go to the commanders. I mean, that's good luck trying to prove your worth in that organization. As Ron Rivera is probably dead man walking over there. Well, you know, the, the quarterback. I mean, that's been their issue, right? I mean, Heineke and all yeah. these guys, they got to find a quarterback. They got some nice pieces. Listen, we saw those guys. On defense, for sure, yeah. They got some nice pieces. Offensively, too. I mean, they're running back. They got a couple of good receivers. But either way, he's going to have to go there, and and hopefully he has success. Uh, Today, also around the league, guys, uh, everybody's just kind of waiting to see what happens with Derek Carr. He did visit the Jets today. As we're talking NFL here, um, I I don't know. Chris, you feel like he's going to end up with the Jets? It sounds good. It sounds like arguably the best place for him if you think that they're a quarterback away and that they could be a playoff team. But – you know, no word today whether or not that's going to happen, but he did visit them. Um, here's a hot take for you. I would prefer Derek Carr over Aaron Rodgers. Really? Yep. I think you're going to get more out of him. He has more years left yep. in the tank. And this is a team on the come. This isn't a team that's necessarily ready to win next year, but if you sign Carr to a five six-year contract, and he's there and he develops some of those weapons on offense, I think Rodgers may have hit the wall. We may have seen, if not the end, the beginning of the end. So give me Carr over Rodgers. But think about it. That's a seven-win team without a quarterback. They won seven games without a quarterback. You could argue we won seven games without a quarterback, and then we eventually got Ritter in there. But the thing about the Aaron Rodgers, you know, and whether that's a pipe dream, they brought they brought in a guy that's got a relationship with him as an assistant. I love what Tiki Parker said earlier in the week. Well, yeah. Aaron Rodgers, he's too soft for New York, <laughs> too sensitive. And i got to be honest with you, we, Carl and I were joking around about this yesterday, with the exception of the days that Peter King stops by Packers camp. Let's be honest, it's two reporters from the Milwaukee paper and the other one from the Appleton newspaper. This is not the New York media. And they're going to, ch- I mean, everything that he gets a pass on, they'll chew him up over because it's, it's fodder for a story. Just like he didn't like the the way, what, Schefter and uh, who was it? Ian Rappaport were getting into his uh, conversations with Pat McAfee about his, what is this thing called? His darkness period. Darkness retreat. Hello, darkness, my old friend. So, yeah, that would be that's day an two. point. Yeah, day two. You think he's going to be with the Packers at the end of the day? After all this rigmarole? I think they're trying to move him. I think they want to move on. There was, I, I think yeah. they, here's the deal. they got to make a decision on Jordan Love. I said this. He's already on the books for this $50 million, mm-hmm. and then Jordan Love all right, is going to be on the books for $20 million next year. You're paying $70 million for your quarterbacks. It makes no sense. Now, I don't know how much stock you put in Bob McGinn. Have we ever had him on the show, Bo? Bob McGinn from the Packers. Anyway, he's on a podcast. Everybody's on a podcast. Longtime guy covering the Packers. He says, quote, Packers, they are done with Rodgers. Discussions with someone who has firsthand knowledge, he's not coming back. I mean, they're disgusted with him, and they're done with him, and they're moving on. It's from a dude who's been a lifer covering Green Bay. Yeah, I just – it's listen, I think it's just time. That's part of this. Uh, like, it was time with Matt Ryan and the – the way it all went down kind of sucked mm-hmm. for Matt, but it was time, right? 
Um, I, I just feel like they're ready to move on. And they need to find out again if Jordan Love, a guy sitting on the bench for f- four years. I mean, come on. And the one game he gets in, it looks terrible. So uh, that's I do think they're going to try to move him. Um, what about Saints running back Mike Alvin Kamara? We talked about this. Uh, four men indicted in a battery case. Uh, this goes back, was it 2020 when this happened? It's, it's a year ago. Yeah, you're okay. Yeah. And this was in Las Vegas. He was uh, here for the Pro Bowl. That's right. At a club, and, and they beat a guy up, basically. And everybody kind of mm-hmm. – Mike was saying this. Like, the NFL hadn't said anything about this. They just – there was nothing out there. And now we know that, that he's been indicted for this. Um, all four men indicted face charges of conspiracy to commit battery and battery resulting in substantial bodily harm. Yeah, because uh, back in October we talked about it. The video finally got released. The uh, the police got it out there. And this is in a casino and there's a party. It's late night. And the, the story goes, the dude's either getting out or getting off an elevator. And uh, he tells police he's heading toward the elevators. He's approached by a large group of dudes. Uh, people are waiting. He speaks to somebody. Somebody popped off somebody. That just happened. Somebody said something to somebody. I was just minding my own business. Then four guys kicked the crap out of me. That's, uh, I don't know about that. But he is suing for $5 million. These guys just got on the elevator. I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened, man. I said, Kamar, that chain seems a bit excessive. Next thing you know, five guys are beating the crap out of me. Anyway, he's suing for big money. Uh, Kamara put his hand uh, apparently on. Oh, that's it. They're in the elevator. He's trying to come in the elevator, and Kamara like shoves him back. Oh, yeah. And then it's on. And then apparently, I guess conspiracy to commit a whooping is when you say, let's kick his butt. And that's where they're roping Kamara in on this. Commissioner's exemplist if it went uh, really funky for him to start the season. He was not as productive as we've seen in years past, though, right, for the right. Saints? I mean, he, I mean, he had 897 yards and two touchdowns. Oof. In 15 games this year, he did catch 57 balls out of the backfield, but the touchdown yeah. numbers—he only had two touchdowns receiving. So mm. the, the Kamara we've seen, who was a—he's been a five-time Pro Bowl. Right. We know he's a dude, but he, that production was down this year. Hey, by the way, Squid said in my ear. I was mentioning Tiger. They were talking about the mild controversy about him joshing and busting chops on uh, Justin Thomas. Brandel Shambley actually had his back in that exchange okay. uh, with the other uh, female reporter on uh, Golf Channel, saying, "Yeah, it's good for Brandel. Now, time you manned up." Well, that's interesting. Uh, but he should have. I again, if you're offended, then you've never been like, and I get on it. the golf course with guys that are having fun and, again, and pranking each other. 2023, you and I were talking about this off here. I get it. World we live in. Telling a guy, here's something that you're playing like a girl and you can't do that because blah 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 blah. I get it. But you know, everything else becomes a federal case these days. All right, coming up, top three at six. We'll get you caught up on the latest headlines uh, here on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Also, we will get back into the most captivating guy ever, or woman, for you. It's Dukes. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.